You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Eating just about fasting. They should call it slowing. But so much breakthrough had happened in my life during that time, just even this past November 30th to December 30th. God had opened up a door um, right after that. We're, we're, I'm going to Washington State, Washington State University, 30,000 students. And God had opened up the arena, 11,000 on-campus indoor arena. And NFL players, NBA players called and said that they want to come and share their, their Christian story about how Christ had saved their life. Someone who used to rap with Jay-Z, no malice, who got radically saved a few years ago, now wants to come into the stadium on August 25th this summer to share the gospel. And then at the end, we're going to have an altar call and bring 11,000 students to Jesus Christ. I believe that opportunity would have, God was preparing me for that opportunity to bring 11,000 students to Jesus through the fast. There's something that happens about waiting on the Lord. I call it weight training. You know weight training? You try to pick up 200 pounds right now, I couldn't do it. But if every day I just picked up a little bit more, I get stronger and stronger. And sometimes the waiting on the Lord is actually him building up your strength so that when he releases the word, you will be strong enough to carry it. Come on. Come on. How many know that seriousness is not a fruit of the spirit? But joy is. Come on. Joy's a fruit. You know what else is a fruit of the Spirit? Self-control. Which means I can control myself to be joyful when my circumstances tell me not to be joyful. I can control myself to be at peace when all chaos is around me. Because the Spirit of God is within me. And now I have self-control. I'm not influenced like the others are. Come on. You know you look good with a smile on your face? You do. You look so much better with a smile on your face. Why don't you tell your neighbor, they look good with a smile on their face. Come on. Where's those pearly whites? Let me see them. Some people think they're more religious because they're more serious. Come on, that's not the gospel. The gospel is about get up and go. Come on, I heard a friend of mine say, Paulie, do you know two-thirds of God's name is go? I thought, G-O? Yeah, that's right, go. Come on. All right. Well, I felt the Lord wanted me to speak um, about my life's message this morning, and um, I feel like it's key into what the pastor here, and I just want to thank the pastor and his staff for having me come to LifePoint, opening up the doors for this place. I was praying about you guys this morning, and I believe that this place is going to be a living spring, a living well where it'll draw many to come to and drink from. And I really believe that this is strategic. God, God told me, he said, tell them that I haven't left them, that I'm with them. And I feel like you're going to be influencers in the marketplaces. God's going to be putting you in mountains of marketplace. And I feel like there's been a struggle right now, especially for this generation, uh, uh, that, that breaking through into the marketplace because uh, uh, society has changed a little bit. But I feel like the Lord's saying, I'm giving you creative ideas to be put in strategic positions and God's going to rise you to the top. And so he says, don't, 
don't think I've forsaken you, but I'm, I'm giving you a moment of waiting. Some of you have not heard from the Lord in a, in a while. Like you, you feel his presence and whatnot, but you're looking for direction. The Lord's saying, I'm building your strength so that when the direction comes, you'll carry, you'll have the trust to carry it. That's his word for you. The message of my life is the gospel of peace, the power of peace. I, uh, I travel all around the world. This is the number one message people ask me to speak on. Pastors, leaders, 700 leaders in Sweden. It was one of the first times I ever delivered it. See, I grew up in a place that had no peace. I grew up in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, a pretty crazy city. My father, he was a really successful businessman. He owned a business, and he moved to the upper middle class suburbs. We bought a beautiful house. He built it from scratch. And when we moved into that house, his business had, had tanked. And all of a sudden, I remember going over to the faucet to turn water on, and sometimes the water wasn't coming out because he couldn't pay the bill. I remember when electricity would get shut off once or twice a year because he was just juggling different bills and he couldn't pay at that moment. And so I could feel the tension in the home. I could feel the lack of peace. My mom, today, she's a great intercessor. That's her gifting. She knows how to pray and pray through. But back then, she was a great worrier. She, she knew how to worry everything to worry about. And, and listen, if you didn't know what to worry about, she'd tell you. She'd say, you're not worrying about this? You better worry about this. I, if I were you, I would worry. I would go to church. We grew up in a Christian culture. I would go to church. I would hear peace with you, peace to you, peace unto you. I think, when? When is, ever, when is that really ever happening? Because in my mind, my understanding of peace was the world's understanding of peace, which is the absence of conflict. And I always thought, there's always something going on. There's never peace. There's always an obstacle. There's always a confrontation. There's always a complexity that I have to overcome or that my family has to overcome. And so I never really understood peace. I mean, in my mind, I thought that, you know, I don't know about in Nigeria, but in America, on the tombstones, on the gravestones, the number one thing that's written is rest in peace. You don't get it till you're dead. Like, I don't want peace yet. That was our understanding, but I want you to know that's not, the, that's not the Lord's understanding of peace. God's peace is not the absence of conflict. God's peace is overcoming and transcending the conflict, creating order out of the chaos that exists. His peace is powerful. I used to think peace was fragile because it was easily broken. It was, you know, if, if two countries had a peace treaty, it only took one bullet to break that peace treaty. I thought, man, peace is fragile. Peace is weak. But that's not God's peace. See, the enemy knows that God's peace, and I'll talk about this in, in Scripture, I'll show it to you, but the enemy knows that God's peace advances the kingdom of God. He knows that God's peace is powerful. And so he doesn't need to steal your special gifting, he doesn't need to st steal your anointing, he doesn't need to burn down every church in Nigeria, he just needs to make sure the people inside don't have peace, because if they don't have peace, they can't advance the gospel. Come on. You guys here? Come on. So... Through a couple different scriptures. Look, when you go through ministry school, they say only only teach one, three points, and a poem. But because this is my life message, I'm going to speak several different verses. If you want to write them down and, and look them up later, I encourage you to do that. If you want to get the the recording, I don't know if they're recording this, Pastor, but yep, then get the recording and listen to it. Just give it away to people. But let's look at one of these verses. I'm going to go quickly. 
Philippians 4, 7, it says this, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I've, man, I've heard this, this verse so many times growing up, hundreds of times. I've seen it written on walls. I've seen it in bookstores. I've seen it on bookmarkers. I've seen it on plaques. But until I went through this journey myself, I didn't really understand what this really meant. But according to the Apostle Paul, what guards your heart and mind in Christ Jesus? The peace of God. Well, if that's the case, what's exposed when you don't have God's peace? Your heart and your mind. You're totally exposed. You're totally vulnerable to the pressures of this world and the attacks of the enemy when you are not carrying the peace of God. It's that important. Galatians 5.22, it says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. What I love about this is, is the Lord told me, Paul, you're a fruit basket. I said, what are you talking about, God? He says, you know how you put fruit in a basket and you give it to somebody in need? I said, yeah, that's true. He goes, well, listen, in your life, the fruit of the Spirit is not just for you, but it is for others. How many know what happens to a, 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 an apple if it doesn't get picked from a tree? It rots. It gets too big for its own good, and it falls off. And listen, folks, you were always meant to be a river. You were always meant to give. You were never supposed to be a pond. Come on. What happens when, when, when water goes into a pond and doesn't move, becomes stagnant, becomes perverse? That's why rivers of living water will flow from your belly because you were always meant to receive and give. And the, and the issue here is I want you to understand this because the, the peace of God is transferable. I'm telling you, you can go into a place of chaos, a place of hopelessness, your, your job, a, a hospital room, and you can lay your hands on the person next to you and the peace of God will be transferred by the spirit of God. Or love or joy it's that powerful I love I love the example if I, I love the example if I took an orange and I squeezed it into a glass and apple juice came out wouldn't you find that odd would you say something's wrong here we'd be like I'm not drinking that but we would find that totally odd but the reality is as Christians when pressures of this world come upon us, when attacks of the enemy come upon us, and fear, worry, stress, doubt come out of us, we should find that odd. Because the reality is what's inside you comes out of you. And if you do have the peace of God, if you do have the joy of the Lord, when the pressures of this world come on you, when the attacks of the enemy come against you, the more peace should come out of you. Or love, or joy. It's that important. This is the gospel and it's, it's available for you. My friend calls it the almost too good to be true gospel. But it is. It's very true. Isaiah 9, 6, it prophesies of Jesus. It says this, for unto us a son is born, unto us a child is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Romans 16, 20, this is my favorite verse. It says this, and the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Not the God of power, although he's all-powerful. Not the God of love, although he is love. He embodies love. But who crushes Satan under your own feet? The God of peace. Why? Because his peace is powerful. See, you have the God of peace who sends the Prince of Peace, who gives us the gospel of peace. Do you see a theme here? This is not peripheral to the gospel. This is central to the gospel message. It is that important. Paul writes in Romans 14, 17, he says, For the kingdom of heaven is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. According to the apostle, peace is a third of the kingdom of God. 
If you as a Christian are just going for other things in life and going for anointing, maybe going for power, maybe going for wealth, but you're not living with the peace of God, you don't believe it's tangible right now, then you're actually missing out on a third of the kingdom of heaven. It's that important. When people talk about the peace of God, they often talk about the story of Jesus with his disciples. He tells his disciples in the beginning, he says, look, we're going to go to the other side. It's in Mark 435 through verse 40. He's going, he says, we're going to go through the other side. And while they're in the boat and they're going to the other side, a great storm arises. And the waves are beating into the boat. So it's already filling. But it says that Jesus was asleep alone on a pillow in the stern. And they go over to him. They say, Jesus, Jesus, do you not care that we are perishing? And it says, Jesus arose and he went over to the storm and he rebuked the waves. And he said to the sea, peace be still. And there was a great calm. And then he looked over to the disciples and he says, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Now, I don't know about you, but whenever I see Jesus interacting with the disciples, I always say, man, Jesus, you're really hard on these guys. Like I would have done the same thing. And, and I, I feel like, you know, I, whenever, I see, whenever I read about him interacting with disciples, I want to know what Jesus, what are you saying in this moment? Because remember, Jesus is showing his disciples how to live on earth. That's what you do when you disciple. It wasn't like he was showing them how they couldn't be. He was showing them how they could be. So there was a point. Look, back then there was three modes of transportation. There was walking and running, donkey and horse, and going on a boat. Might not be as popular today, but back then it was very popular. I fly about 150,000 miles every year on an airplane. I go to church to church. I go and empower. I go and do crusades. And, 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 I, and I'm just serving the church and I know, I call myself like a professional flyer. I mean, I could go through an airport with my eyes closed. And it's like a lot of hurry up and waiting. You know what I mean? Like hurry up and then you wait. You know what I mean? Come on, tell me. You know what I'm talking about. So I know that flying is the safest mode of transportation we have today. Out of the millions of people, the millions of passengers who fly every year, you might hear of a plane going down every few years, and I know we had a couple tragedies, but that's very rare, and even so, it's still the safest mode of transportation. I know that, that air turbulence will make a plane shake, but it doesn't take a plane down. Planes can take tremendous turbulence, and often when you're going up in the air, or maybe going through a cloud, or going on descent, there'll be some shaking going on, but it doesn't bother me. But I can always tell when somebody sitting next to me is new at flying. Because all of a sudden, maybe when that shaking's going on, maybe on the ascent or through a cloud, they start white knuckling the armrest next to them. They start grimacing their face like, uh, and I look over, I go, oh, isn't that cute? <laughs> they think they're in danger. They must be amateur flyers, you know, not used to flying. But if I see the flight attendant, get nervous. If I see them running around going, everyone, everyone, buckle your seatbelts, buckle your seatbelts, get out of the bathroom, get out of the bathroom, sit down, sit down. Well, then I get scared. Then I'm commanding angels under the wings. I'm speaking in my prayer language. I got my Bible out ready for my last salvation message. I'm like, this is it. Why? Because they're experts. They know what it's like to see a storm, to see a situation that planes don't survive. And listen, folks, many of the disciples were fishermen, expert boatsmen, they knew what it was like to see a storm that boats don't survive. And there was a point in that storm where they accept the fear that's in front of them. And this is key for our generation. Come on now. People are going to look to you for this key point. There's gonna be a, there was a point where they accepted the fear in front of them. And the thing about fear is it spreads like wildfire. 
The only thing that makes you feel better when you're so full of fear is to make sure the person next to you is as fearful as you. Am I right? And so I, I, I can just imagine what's happening in this boat as the disciples run over to Jesus and they say, Jesus, Jesus, this is a fearful moment. Don't you know this is, this is the time to be afraid? Don't you care? And Jesus gets up and facing the same storm, but instead of accepting the fear that's in front of him, he releases the peace that's inside him. And it overcomes the storm. Now listen, folks, many people will say that the peace of God will sustain you through the storm. And yes, that's biblically true. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your staff, your, your hand, they comfort me. There'll be times where you'll be going through a real storm and the peace of God will sustain you as you go through it. But I don't think Jesus was making that point at this moment. Why? Because it's not how he displayed to do it. If he wanted to make that point, he would have done something totally different. He would have, I don't know, maybe grabbed each other's hands and said, oh, thanks for waking me up. Let's meditate on scriptures and, and, and sing psalms until we get to the other side. And this is my opinion. This is just my opinion. But if you read that scripture over in verse 40, he says, we're going to the other side. He declared the destiny on their life. And my opinion is this. Whenever a real storm challenges a destiny over your life, you have every right to stand up to it and allow his peace to overcome it. Come on. We're going to close in just a minute. But his peace is so powerful. John 14, 26, 20, John 14, 27, Jesus says this, my peace I give to you. My peace I leave with you. Not as the world leaves do I give to you. So do not let your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Jesus is showing right now. He's told his disciples they need to disciple nations. And before he leaves them, what does he do? He releases his peace to them. Listen, this is not your peace to make. This is your, his peace to receive. Your peace is not strong enough. Your peace is not... Is, is too fragile. Your peace is the absence of conflict, but his peace is an anointing to receive from him. I know what it's like not to have his peace. I know what it's like. I, I had, uh, I have two, I have a wife of four, four years, we're, we're going to be married this four years, and, uh, and we, we have a little girl named Shiloh, 22 months old, and we have a little girl named Freya, she's uh, seven months old. But I also have twins, 13 years old. My son's name's Giovanni. My daughter's name's Juliana. Wonderful kids. See, I was married before. I was young. I call it my BC days, you know, before I knew Christ. BC, back then, you know. But I remember, now listen, I know why God hates divorce, because no one wins. The husband doesn't win. The wife doesn't win. The kids don't win. Even if they thought they won, they didn't win. And whenever the enemy can see a crack, he tries to make the biggest divide he can out of that crack. And I realize I was not a perfect person. I, was, I didn't know the Lord. My wife didn't know the Lord at that time. And so I remember coming home and the enemy making the biggest divide he could out of a marriage. I remember finding another man's pillow on my bed. They either purposely left it there or forgot it there. And I remember when their mother, my children were a year and a half old, their mother told me, Sat me on the bed and said, don't you understand? I don't love you anymore. I don't want to be with you anymore. And that crushed me. And I, and, and I went from seeing my children every day to hardly at all. And, and, and I, I had to go to another house. And, and my life was in total turmoil, total chaos. I remember being in the basement at one point, And I'm drinking wine directly from the bottle. Now, listen, if you see somebody who doesn't have the decency to pour it in a glass, help them out. They need help. 
And I, I said, God, help me. I don't know what to do. And I remember saying, this isn't helping. So I put it down. And I, and I go up to my red bed and I say, you know, I, God, I know you'll never use me because I felt like I had a big D on my chest. But I said, you know, maybe I could just be a good person. Thanksgiving is the favorite holiday of mine. It's a holiday in the U.S. where, where nobody expects anything from you. You all just come over to mom and dad's house with all your brothers and sisters or spouses. You eat as much food as you can. And then you go and pass out while you're watching football. You wake up and you have dessert. It's amazing. My favorite holiday. The Monday before that holiday, it was my first court case where we would have an arbitration to see if I could get my kids back. And because of some lies that were said at that time, I, couldn't, I didn't get the custody I thought I was going to get. And it crushed me. And there I am, Thanksgiving. My, my brothers and sisters come over early and then have to leave to go to their spouse's family's houses. My parents are older. They go on off to dinner. And there I am sitting on the couch all alone without my own family. And I remember the enemy whispering a lie into my ear that night that I believed. He says, don't you understand? You'll never, uh, uh, you'll never have peace. You'll always, nothing will change in your life. I remember believing that line going back to the bar. This, these bars are the only thing that's open on Thanksgiving. And there's dark windows of a storefront bar. I go inside. There's an older African-American man, an older Caucasian man. I don't pay him any attention. I go to the other end. I order a shot and a pint of glass, a pint of beer. I drink them immediately. I order another pint of beer. I drink that. Look behind me. I see a cigarette vending machine. I go get back cigarettes. I'm going full scale that night. I go outside. I'm leaning on the dark windows. I'm smoking my cigarette, wallowing in my sorrows, believing the lie that nothing will ever change in my life, that I'll never have God's peace. And while I'm believing this lie, this older African-American man, he comes out, of the, comes out of the bar and he's walking on the sidewalk. And when he's done, he goes towards the door and he opens it and he stops and he looks at me and he says this, are you going to make it? I said, what? He said, you heard me. Are you going to make it? I said, yeah. He said, how do you know? Now, I don't know why I said this, but it was like I was time traveled back into children's church where the only three correct answers are Jesus, the Bible, and prayer. Do you know what I'm talking about? No matter the question, if you say one of them, you're right, you know? And out of my mouth, he says, because Jesus? He said, Jesus? Why'd you say Jesus? I said, because I'm a Christian. He didn't argue with me, okay? I didn't know what I didn't know. And he said, what's your name? I said, my name's Paul. He said, wow. He said, you know, Paul in the Bible did great things for God. One day, Paul, you're going to do great things for God. And he walked away. And I threw my cigarette down. I went to the car and I cried my eyes out because I realized that just like the psalmist wrote, even if I made my bed in hell, God was after me. And he wanted me to experience his peace. He wanted me to experience his redemption. And it was from that point on that the trajectory of my life started to change because I found the Prince of Peace. Listen, his peace is powerful. It's not just to, to you, but it's to move through you. Apostle Paul talks about the armor of God. How many know, you know, when they teach about the armor of God in Sunday school, they, st they have you stand up and they have all this plastic, silver and gold, you know, armor that they put on them. And, and they'll tell all the little children, this is the helmet of salvation. And they put it on. This is the breastplate of righteousness. And they have all these cool illustrations, the sword of the spirit, the shield of faith, the belt of truth. And then it would always be at the end, they would say, and the shoes of peace, like You'll have peace. They didn't know what to say, really. I used to think the Apostle Paul just ran out of body parts. He was like, and we'll put the peace on the, we'll put it on the feet. But actually, it's not a coincidence that the peace are on the feet. Because it doesn't matter how well you hold your shield or wave your sword. If you don't have his peace, you're not going anywhere. Because it's his peace that empowers you. Why don't you stand?
man, I wish I could spend all, all day with you guys today. But I know that God knows your heart more than I know your heart. And those of you who are missing on some of his peace today, he's here right now to release it to you. So I want you to hold out your hands. Listen, I realize I'm just the donkey Jesus comes into church on sometimes. It's not about me. This is between you and God. Jesus in John 20, 21, it says that he breathed on them in 22. And he said, receive the Holy Spirit. So why don't you close your eyes? I want to pray for you right now that God's peace would come upon you. That there be a transference of anointing from heaven to earth. Lord, I ask right now, Holy Father, that you would come. Holy Spirit, you would come and release the peace of heaven over them right now. Lord, that you would guard their heart and mind. Lord, that you would equip their feet with the shoes of peace. That wherever they go, they extend the gospel with them, Lord. Father, that wherever chaotic situation, that the peace of God would overcome the things that challenge their life. Lord, that your peace would be powerful as it rests upon them. I come against every spirit of torment. I come against every spirit of death right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I'm not asking that you would brainwash them, but God, I'm asking that you would heal the memories that are associated with trauma right now, that no longer will these memories trigger a traumatic event in their life, Lord, but they would see the redemption in it. And I break the hook that the enemy uses to bring you back into those moments. And I come against restlessness, and I come against night terrors, and I come against anxiety, and I speak the peace of heaven over you. I speak the peace of freedom over you and I declare, I celebrate my brothers and sisters, God. I champion their life, Lord, and I support them, Lord, and I ask right now that a baptism of peace would come upon them and just like Jesus did, I just as a prophetic act, Lord, I just say, peace to them. May they receive the Holy Spirit. May the wind of heaven breathe on them right now. May it heal what needs to be restored, and may it empower them to go forward. Father, may they take the mountains of society, Lord, that you've called, you have called them to, God, that you would rise them up to the top. I pray open provision for them, open doors for them. I pray the favor of God on them, Lord. Jesus, as you grew with favor with man and with God, Lord, may they grow with favor with man. And so I bless them in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen. If I could just, should I call the ministry team up, Pastor? Or, is, that, is that okay? We have time. So if, we, if, if the ministry team could come forward too, because I'm going to need your help. I just prayed for them. I want to, if, if there's someone, if you guys want more of his peace, or you feel like a release of peace, I just want to pray quickly. I just want to bless you and bless what God's doing on you. Because I want a baptism of peace to be empowered over you right now. The Lord's here and he's working. And if you're missing any part of his peace, it's available for you today, right now. So why don't you come forward? Come forward if this is something that God, you'd like God to release more in your life. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There's a baptism of his peace available for you right now. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. There's nothing one more. There's nothing one more.
Listening to a message from the Life Point Church. 
To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash lifepointng.com.